The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, it's time here on Riviera Radio to talk to Rob Kay. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you. How are yourself? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good. Well, it's been widely reported that the French taxman has been using artificial intelligence and drones to identify pools and property developments which have not been declared. This seems to indicate the tax authorities are getting more creative. But I understand that it also extends to UK assets which are owned by French tax residents. But before this discuss this interesting subject, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, as you said in your introduction, Howard, the, this week the French tax authorities announced they had identified 120,000 undeclared pools by using a combination of Google Earth and in some departments using helicopters and drones. If the people with those pools have not already received a letter from the, the GGFIP, the Direc- Direction General de Finance Publique, they should expect one to be dropping into their letterboxes very soon. If you install a permanent pool and it's more than 10 metres square, you are legally required to tell the taxman about it within 90 days of its construction because they assume it will have increased the taxable value of your property. Now, permanent structures are deemed to be pools that cannot be easily removed without demolition. This also includes above-ground pools if they cannot be moved without dismantling, such as wooden ones. Unfortunately, as with all tax office omissions, by failing to declare, you're running a real risk of a fine and penalties. On Tuesday, the US Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that US inflation had fallen to 4% in May, down from 4.9% in April, its lowest level since March 2021. Now, the stickiness of inflation is now confined to um, a smaller number of categories compared to earlier this year, with housing and used cars major contributors. This week's numbers will help to build further confidence that inflation is being brought under control and further Fed tightening may not be necessary. Combined with strong employment numbers, and many experienced commentators said investors shouldn't fear an imminent deep recession and should now expect the economic environment to normalise with potentially a shallow and short recession, even if there is one at all. Those opinions were compounded on Wednesday when the Fed maintained interest rates after 10 consecutive monthly increases. The world's most powerful central bank said it would keep interest rates at 5 to 5.2%, which was in line with most economists' expectations, and the first no change to borrowing costs since early last year. The Fed began aggressively tightening borrowing costs back in March 2022, when it faced a 10-year high inflation. Closer to home, after months of strikes, demonstrations and protests, France has signed its pension reform into law, and the reform's opponents have now exhausted all the legal and political avenues open to them. The pension age will be raised gradually over the next seven years. Raising the age to 64 means that workers in France will have to make 43 years of contributions, or 172 quarters, to qualify for the full pension. I was uh, also very surprised to learn this week that according to the UN's Department of Economic and Social Affairs, India is now the most populous country in the world, with 1,425,775,850 people. Now, I don't know who the hell um, counts all those, because it seems like a very large number, but that's 2.9 million more people than China. 
And finally, Howard, last month, Jeremy Clarkson, the former Top Gear, Top Gear presenter, who is also now a celebrity farmer, promised on Twitter that he would buy everyone at Alpine a pint of his locally produced beer if Esteban Ocon finished on the podium here at the Monaco Grand Prix. Ocon duly obliged by finishing third, and despite many doubters, Clarkson this week made good on his promise and turned up at the Alpine factory on his Lamborghini tractor with its trailer laden with a thousand bottles of his home beer. Well, there you go. I wonder why they say Alpine and not Alpine. It always one that bothers me. <laughs> I, I had a radio with that brand name in the car once. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, coming back to the Earth, uh, so to speak, is it true to say that the exchange of information systems are now more efficient and that more questions are therefore being asked about undeclared assets? Well, uh, those of you who can remember the promises contained in uh, President Macron's re-election manifesto will remember he promised not to replenish the fiscal hole created by the COVID pandemic by increased taxation. However, as we've seen, recruiting hundreds of additional tax staff and using technology has resulted in finding 120,000 undeclared pools, which will generate an additional tax charge of at least €500 Euros per pool which adds up to a minimum payday of at least an extra 60 million euros of tax revenue. There's been, uh, there's been a lot of outrage and indignation about the methods used by the fish, but all this is fair game in the covert war because the fish have the moral high ground. If we don't make correct and legitimate tax declarations, these days we must expect back taxes, fines and penalties. For this reason, everyone needs to correctly structure their financial affairs to maximise the permitted allowances and use all the tax preferential structures that are available to us. But this isn't just a French thing. We need to be especially careful if we have financial arrangements in other countries. Exchange of information has been around for years, but as technology improves, the interaction between jurisdictions is getting much, much slicker. That development curve will only get steeper, or can only get steeper, when the EES immigration system is introduced. Border police won't need to rummage through your passport, looking and checking for dates that you arrived and left. Big Brother will do that for them. I urge everyone to avoid what I call the financial amnesia, conveniently forgetting that you have certain assets or forgetting to detail them on your tax declarations, and maybe believing I'm just one in a million who will notice my little omission when there are millions of people who are far more than me? The answer is the tax authorities' fully integrated computer systems. There's no human involved. This week, like most weeks, we were approached by someone who had had one of those stable door moments. In hindsight, I wish I'd done things differently and can I now close the stable door? This person approached us because she'd received a one-page letter from HMRC which said they had received information through the UK's Tax Information Exchange Agreement with other countries which led them to believe that she had received overseas income or gains that she had not declared. The letter then very politely asked, the, uh, asked her if, they wanted, if she wanted some help and I quote, are you making sure you are paying the right amount of UK tax on your overseas income and gains? The letter went on to say, We are giving you the opportunity to review your tax affairs and tell us about anything that you need to put right. If you are a resident in another country, but you rent out your French property during the summer or at any point in the year, your rental income needs to be declared both here in France, 
but also where you are a resident. Well, now I understand the French tax form CERFA 3916 is proving to be a little troublesome. Yes, CERFA 3916 heard. If you're a resident in France, you're required under Article 4B of the General Tax Code to declare all your bank accounts and life insurance policies held in any overseas country on your French tax return. However, the troublesome aspect, as you describe it, Howard, is what exactly are we expected to declare? The official guidance says all bank accounts, life insurance policies and digital assets opened, held, used or closed abroad during the year. It might not sound like it, but this description also includes investment accounts such as UK ISAs, general investment accounts, investment platforms such as those offered by the likes of Hargreaves Lansdowne or AJ Bell, life insurance policies and also money transfer services or online accounts, even if the account is not in use or has a zero balance. Do British expatriates still use UK advisors and retain UK financial arrangements after they move to France? Yeah, Brexit has not stopped us Brits from leaving the UK and moving abroad. In fact, with the state of the UK right now, um, the demand seems to be increasing. Australians are well known for going walkabout, but we Brits haven't exactly been shy about leaving our little island and spreading our wings. We've been doing it for hundreds of years, and well before the UK joined the EU originally. Wherever you go in the world, you find British expatriates socialising. They frequently join or establish clubs, societies and associations. Only this week, members of the British Association of Monaco met at the Novotel here in Monaco to celebrate King Charles' first official birthday. Most people who are now planning their move to France are preoccupied with getting their visas and arriving. Thinking about their financial arrangements at this stage is not something which usually crosses their minds. Unfortunately, far too frequently, that proves to be a costly mistake. Why would you choose to leave the UK? Go and live in somewhere like France, but leave your assets behind. It's like leaving your valuables on your towel on the beach when you go for a swim. The reason could be very simple. Maybe we're familiar with our UK arrangements, so we therefore feel secure. People, people frequently stick with what they know, what they feel safe with, which I suppose is a basic instinct of being secure. Some people go to extraordinary lengths to maintain the financial arrangements that they had in place before they moved. I've seen people retain all their financial arrangements as though they're still living in suburban England. Or maybe the most bizarre example I've come across recently, a couple pretending to live in a three-bedroom house in Dorset with their son, his wife, and their three children. On the surface, this is completely illogical because moving abroad was a choice. However, if you think a little more deeply about this issue, from an emotional self-preservation perspective, these actions are actually quite logical. Before I moved to France, I'd spent 20 years working in the UK financial services industry, and some of that time was spent working for a French company. I thought I'd read all that could be read about France, its laws and its rules. But just a few days after I arrived here in France, I realised my career was starting all over again. Before I moved to France, I didn't know what I needed to know to properly advise clients who live in France, and most UK-based advisors are just the same as I was. Many of the systems look the same. How different can France's income tax system be? The answer is completely. The UK operates an individual tax system, whereas the French system operates on a household basis. The capital gain system, the succession rules, wealth tax. In fact, tax-wise, nothing is the same. 
So expecting a UK advisor with no French knowledge to be able to advise a French resident, especially after Brexit, is a massive risk, which at some point is bound to backfire. Did the Windsor Agreement offer any glimmer of hope for financial services to recover their passporting? Well, maybe we should probably start by explaining what passporting means in the, in the context of financial advice. Before Brexit, UK-based firms could provide financial services to Britons living in the European Union through what is known as financial passporting arrangements. In simple terms, UK providers regulated by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority had to adhere to the same minimum standards and consumer protection as advisors in the other 27 EU member states. Broadly speaking, the UK public was unaware of financial passporting or what its loss could mean. Now, the UK is free to make their own rules. The EU has no assurances UK firms will meet the EU requirements. Consequently, the EU has withdrawn passporting rights for UK financial firms, which includes banks, insurance companies, investment providers and financial advisors. Just as UK citizens have lost the right to automatic freedom of movement around the EU, the EU most UK financial businesses have lost the right to provide banking, investment and financial advice services to European resident clients. So if you live in France, but you still have a UK bank account, an investment, a pension, or you still use a UK financial advisor, you really do need to contact them to find out where you stand and more importantly, where your money stands. Does this affect all UK financial firms and institutions? Um, that, that depends on how a company is structured and where it's based, Howard. Some companies with headquarters, let's say in the EU, have returned their passporting rights and they continue to operate as they did before. Those who are UK-based but want to continue supporting their EU resident clients have had to restructure and establish individual arrangements with the financial regulators in each specific European state where they want to operate. As you can imagine, the process is complex, expensive and very time-consuming. These combined factors have forced lots of very big names from the European marketplace, leaving many of their clients in the lurch and needing support. We're told financial service negotiations are still ongoing, so it's possible the UK and the EU might eventually reach an agreement. Two and a bit years on, some companies and some UK advisors still have their heads buried in the sand, hoping a deal will be struck while others have simply shut up shop and withdrawn their services from European markets. Are there other disadvantages to holding on to UK assets and investments? Um, even if the regulatory issues don't affect you, there are, there are lots of reasons to think more locally for your finances. UK assets are no longer European assets, so European residents can end up paying more tax than they need to. UK individual savings accounts, more commonly referred to as ICEs, are not taxable in the UK, but they are taxable in France. UK properties liable to UK taxes, such as stamp duty, income tax and capital gains tax, but it's also liable to French taxes plus wealth tax. The recent UK budget changes, um, or the changes in the UK budget, will, will mean that the tax paid on UK rental income will substantially increase over the next five years. If that income was taxed in France, it could well be taxed much, much less. Last week we mentioned the UK's lifetime allowance threshold that had been abolished. If you have a UK pension or pensions and you've not done anything with them, this might well be a golden opportunity to export your pensions without incurring any tax liability. But a bit of warning, don't put off doing something 
about this because the door could soon shut and as soon as the next election, which must be by January 2025. Now that might feel ages away, but pension transfers these days can take six to eight months to finalise. What about estate planning? Can taking UK advice result in paying unnecessary tax in France? Um, UK-based assets are, are always liable to UK inheritance tax, so Jeremy Hunt's decision to extend the UK tax threshold freeze will mean that over the next five years, UK assets will be exposed to more and more inheritance tax. If you're a French resident, whatever your will says, your affairs, especially your estate, are vulnerable to French rules, which might mean your testimony wishes don't work and your estate and then your beneficiaries could end up paying way more tax than they need to. Not only can a UK advisor probably not give a French resident financial advice, but she or he is probably not experienced in French tax and legal matters. We shouldn't forget, in the UK, when you die, you can leave whatever you want to whoever you want. That is simply not the case in France. French succession rules need to be understood. Estate planning and succession tax minimisation needs expert professional advice from someone who knows the French rules. And finally, what are the benefits when you use a local advisor who lives in France? Well, put quite simply, it's largely gone under the radar of most people, but Brexit brought about a seismic shift to the financial landscape for or of expatriates. Most uh, UK financial services companies, which includes pension providers and financial advisors, are now legally, as I said before, unable to provide advice to French residents. Now, aside from the, as- the, the legal aspects, they probably don't have the ability, so it's never been more important to ensure your financial arrangements are compliant and suitable for your life in France. A specialist local-based advisor is best placed to help you take advantage of suitable opportunities and secure financial peace of mind for both you and your family. Blevins Franks is fully authorised to provide advice in France. Our advisors live and work locally, so they have an in-depth knowledge of French tax and the Napoleonic succession rules, as well as all the common issues that we all fear face as UK expatriates in a post-Brexit world. So to understand if your strategic financial planning arrangements are appropriate for living in France, or are they still appropriate for living in France in 2023, call Blevins Franks and arrange to speak to one of our local Blevins Franks partners. The initial discussion is complimentary, so it won't cost you a penny to simply speak to us. And to make contact, call the Valbon office. The telephone number there is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. And if you prefer, you can call the Monaco office. The number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you would like to learn more about Blevins Franks or get in contact with us via that medium, visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Always a pleasure, Rob. We'll talk again next Sunday morning. Thank you very much, Howard. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 or riviera at The UK Pensions Lifetime Allowance and Tax Charges have been abolished. Welcome news for those with larger pension savings. A future government could, however, reverse this move, resulting in limited opportunity to take steps to protect yourself.
Blevins Franks provides wealth management solutions for British expatriates in France and can help you explore pension opportunities. Call 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com. That's blevinsfranks.com.